Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. All right, Tony, it is good to be back with you, my friend. It's been a little while. How are you doing? I've been I've been doing really well. So enjoying uh, the te- the days leading up to Christmas. You know, we've had a couple Christmas episodes this month, but uh, this one's not actually about Christmas, even though we're recording the closest to Christmas that we've ever recorded. I think. So. Yeah, we're actually less than a week to go. So it is. Are yeah. you ready for? Have you done? all your Christmas preparations or I've got a couple more things to get you know one thing I was uh, humored by today was somebody from our church uh, sent me a uh, something on, on social media on how dads uh, dads get the joy on Christmas Day of finding out what gifts they gave to everybody else and uh, so I, I'm fortunately <laughs> I have a wife where I'll find out what I gave to everybody else <laughs> Uh, there's been some instances like that, yeah. When my uh, daughter, one of, it's like, oh, dad, you know, you got such and such. And um, now, often my wife tells me ahead, you know, when she's wrapping it, or you know, I found this, but, um, but yeah, I do have a few, few things left. But thankfully, and I don't plan on being in a store somewhere on Christmas Eve, you know, stressed out, ready to fight somebody or something. Um, I've been in that situation stores. before. And I wait to go shopping until, and this was, I think I was in college at this point. But so as we were getting ready before we, we started recording, we were talking about Lamar Jackson. And I know as a, uh, a fan of teams in the, the greater Washington, Baltimore area, uh, I guess depending on which teams you like, it may be good, it may not be bad that the Nationals brought home the World Series, but the, the Orioles are a different story. But we're gearing up for the football playoffs, and then the college football uh, playoff is in place. And these players that, that play at such a high level, do you think that they just coast into their success and improvement? I used to think Alabama did until they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, for real, these guys are machines down there. Um, but generally, no, no. I think that they need to work really hard and uh, that practice. I mean, of course, like Lamar is just clearly like a physical freak of nature. Uh, but that freak of nature still has to discipline himself. I think. I think so. Yeah. You know, maybe the Orioles they may not train so much, and maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. <laughs> maybe that's uh, an idea. Trade this year. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I saw an article actually yesterday that was talking about the uh, Hyatt ranking all the free agent signings of all the major league teams, and they actually had not spent uh, – they had spent a good bit of money over the past uh, decade. They just didn't have a whole lot to show for it. But you know, these athletes, these people that train uh, or that perform at such a high level – have a, a great degree of discipline uh, and it's so that they can progress so they can grow they can have freedom to succeed and I think that's very closely connected to our spiritual lives uh, and so today we want to talk about 
spiritual disciplines and does it have a role in the lives of young people, of, of students, uh, youth, teenagers, uh, and even children? So, Tony, what are spiritual disciplines? And, you know, can you, as you answer, can you name some of them and fill us in on that? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of described it as sanctification practices that emphasize consistent privatized spirituality. Uh, so, you know, I kind of get a little technical-ish in that. Uh, but uh, I think some of the chief ones that we tend to stress uh, would be prayer, uh, Bible reading, Actually, one that has been stressed sometimes, especially in the circles I was baptized in, was fasting as an important spiritual discipline. Uh, and so I think that, I mean, these some of these are biblical. Uh, I prefer an emphasis myself on the ordinary means of grace, uh, but I think this is this is good in a lot of ways. I think this is helpful just in the same way that, that discipline that the Orioles clearly lack is uh, helpful as well. Uh, I do worry that... Um, it, um, I do worry that it can be a little overly privatized and a little overly individualized in my spirituality. And I think at times it doesn't have to be, but at times it can be legalistic. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you like the name or the label spiritual disciplines um, for practices like this? Or do you think there's something better? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's good sometimes it's sometimes we have to have an extent of shared vocabulary and I think that's generally the term and I don't think it's bad. I, I mean I think the reformers would have used the terms ordinary means of grace to describe a lot of the things involved in spiritual yeah. disciplines, not all of them. I tend to prefer that term, but I, I mean I think it's fine and this is kind of the linguistically accepted thing that we talk about. Yeah, it's a pretty common one. Um, I have got a friend who really doesn't like the term discipline because he thinks it sounds legalistic, uh, but he does practice them extensively, so he's not opposed to what's behind it. But I, like you said, we do have to have some form of shared vocabulary. So what ones have been most impactful for you? I'm going to assume that you practice some of these things for your own personal growth and godliness. Um, what, what ones have been most impactful for you? That's a great question, and I want to share uh, the listeners of this question I will not get nearly as nerdy as I just did a second ago. <laughs> uh, I think the ones that have been most impactful to me uh, are one of them is one that sometimes does not as emphasize as spiritual discipline, but uh, Don Whitney, for example, actually very much does emphasize this. I think serving in church has been something that's been really helpful to me as a spiritual discipline. I think it has grown me even from before I was a pastor. And I think it attached me to the body and made me truly love the body of Christ. Uh, I think also study of scripture has really helped me confront my inner lies. I, th I think as I've talked about before, we all battle these lies from the world and lies from our flesh. And I think st consistent study of scripture is what helps me the most really battle against those untruths. How about you? I think overall scripture intake, and that comes through partly you know, being at church, um, listening to preaching, personal study of God's Word, and even memorizing Scripture, um, which then kind of transfers into meditation, which transfers into prayer. And so I think that has shaped uh, my life significantly. I remember in the in, during college, I was trying to memorize the book of Ephesians, and I had a, a decent walk from where I lived to the... Uh, different places on campus. And so as I was walking around, you know, I had Ephesians mulling around in my mind. And uh, even now the Bible that I used in college has got like thumb grease marks 
there in the first couple pages of Ephesians from where my hands were and turning it and stuff. Um, and so, and I, something, I mean, obviously I still practice scripture intake and memory and uh, try to meditate on it to transfer it to prayer. So, But I, I like what you said a minute ago about the over-privatization of it. There, I think there is a certain level of privatized uh, practice that, that needs to be there, but for instance, like people having their personal quiet time reading scripture for a long time, Christians didn't have their own personal Bible to do that. And so, yeah, I think that that's going to kind of come across in some of the things that we're, we're talking about as we go. But does the Bible require spiritual disciplines of believers in general? I think it does. Before going uh, much into that, I do want to ask, you know, uh, was your comment on, on the gre- the finger grease a commentary on the food quality or either alma mater? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, it may. may I, you know, actually, I, after I stopped eating there, I lost some weight. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I think it certainly requires some, if not all of these behaviors as signs of the work of the Spirit. In fact, I mean, I think the Apostle Paul even commands a lot of these things consistently. Uh, I think further, Acts 2.38, which is kind of where we get the ordinary means of grace as well as where we get even the regular principle comes from that, which is an idea of like the church is governed by what Scripture says. Uh, but that, I think, lines up also the what the Christian life is. And I think it lines up fellowship being important. I think it lines up uh, Bible reading, I think both personally and public, as well as things like prayer and those kinds of essential roles as being essential to how Christian growth happens. Uh, But I also don't think it requires specific timing. It doesn't mean that we have to read the Bible at 7 a.m. and do it for 47.8 minutes. Uh, We don't have to fast 48 days out of the month, you know, which would be impossible. Uh, But, you know, I think it's going to, how we apply it's going to be a case-by-case situation. But I do think clearly the Bible says we have to do something. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's one of those yes and no kind of answers. I mean, Paul does tell Timothy to discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, but he doesn't tell him, and he here's, you know, the ways that you can do that. Uh, specifically, with, you know, here's a list of seven spiritual practices that you need to do. Um, but we're told to abide in Jesus' word. Now, that doesn't simply mean read it a lot or even think about it a lot. I mean, the inference is to obey it, yeah. uh, to know it, to believe it, to obey it. So we're, we're told to pray without ceasing. So that's beyond just your, you know, again, your personal quiet time, devotional time, whatever time with the Lord. I, I think that's a, a thing to be commended, but it's more than that. Um, there's this just going throughout the day, humbly depending on the Lord. You know, Psalm 119 talks about, I have stored up, I've treasured your word in my heart. Now, this is describing the psalmist's own experience. But when we, again, someone who may not have had uh, his own copy of, of all of the scripture that was available at that time. It was more of a, an oral culture to some extent, I think. So they would hear things, and so there was probably more memorization going on. And so I I think it's a yes and no, just to say, well, if, if you do these things, uh, this is the sum of being godly. That's not it. But uh, I was listening to a podcast this morning, a uh, Nine Marks podcast, actually, and the, one of the guys on there said they, they was talking about uh, spiritual disciplines, helping shepherd your people in that. And the guys, one of the guys they were talking to, said that at their church they compare Christ 
they say Christ is the refreshing living water and the disciplines are the straw. They're the way that we get the refreshing water. And so I think that was a helpful analogy. And so it's one of those, even if it's, okay, all these things are not specific, you must do this every day. So why wouldn't you pursue these things, these uh, means, ordinary means of grace uh, to know Christ? So we kind of, we've talked big picture about just what they are, should we do them? But kind of, I guess, assumed adults are in play, but our spiritual disciplines for youth, teenagers, uh, whatever we want to call that group of people. Students sometimes has been used, right? And that's a good question. And it kind of takes me back in memory uh, to uh, a mistake I think I made when I was a young Christian and a proof of why the Bible does talk about uh, how those who are basically new converts should not be in positions to teach. I remember when I was in high school as a newer Christian, and my senior year I started a ministry, like a kind of mentorship for junior hires program at our high school with another guy, and it was called Junior Disciples. And uh, I think the, a lot of what we taught was really bad, but even the idea <laughs> of the name of the junior disciples, like, you know, like that there's degrees of, of having a relationship with Jesus. is just so fundamentally unbiblical. Uh, and, uh, and I think that it, it rejects the idea that, I mean, all of these things, the things that God has given for his people are for all of his people. And that those who know him at five or six are as much part of the covenant as those who are 70, and have the same means as those who are, say, 70. Uh, so that's to say, absolutely, the um, there aren't any junior means of grace. The habit of them is also, I think, wisely developed at a young age. And I think if, you know, the nature of habits, I mean, this is somewhat, you know, pragmatic, but the nature of habits, if you develop these things at a young age, you're going to keep it. Uh, but I think these kind of things is why I think Christians should give their kids by their own Bibles early, like real Bibles, not just junior, not just like kids Bibles with the storybook stuff in it, but legit Bibles so that they can start reading it on their own in the same way that, you know, Americans even did for generations where they started learning reading by reading the Bible on their own. Uh, but I think teens, especially teens, I work a lot with teens and teens thrive in regularity legitimately like it's not no regularity isn't regular for a teen but i think it's one of the best things for them uh and i think having that kind of regularity and consistency for a team maybe even legalistic towards themselves like as in they're disciplining themselves is really helpful for them to kind of grow in the christian life um but i think teens especially are going to need the corporate disciplines as well and we tend to emphasize just the private on your own one but i think uh, we should emphasize that spiritual disciplines are also things like serving in church. They're, you know, they're paying attention to a sermon. They're worshiping and song together with other Christians. Um, one actually means of grace that um, Don Whitney emphasizes as well that others don't is evangelism as a as a uh, kind of as an ordinary means of grace as well as a spiritual discipline uh, in a way and uh, and so we are actually working with our teens right now and teaching them the spiritual discipline of evangelism because I think that is so important for teenagers to have that discipline as well. Yeah, I mean I've talked to a number of adults as a pastor and prior to that asking people who claim to be Christians um, what the gospel was, and they had a lot of trouble answering me. And that's, if you don't know the gospel, it's hard to evangelize because it is so central to evangelism. It, it is the evangel. Um, so I'm glad you brought that up about, and Don, Don Whitney's book is a great book, and the corporate aspect. Uh, it's not just about the private 
though the private helps us, I think, when we are gathered together, uh, helps us minister to others, to serve, like you, you were talking about. Um, and so, yeah, I think it is for, for students and, and even for children. Like I said, there's, there's not like junior Christians. So is there some kind of formula uh, or something along those lines that, that we must be followed to be faithful to Jesus or for teenagers or for kids? I think that formulas and time requirements for this kind of thing can be um, substantially help, harmful, rather, not helpful. Uh, on two extremes, I think it can be harmful because I've even myself, when I force myself into formulas uh, that aren't biblical, I've, I've had times where, you know, I had more to pray. I had more than I, I really was convicted I needed to pray about, but I felt like I was satisfied and that I had done the amount of time that, you know, I allot for myself in prayer, for example. And then I think the other extreme is, you know, that we, uh, that, uh, we might use that time to feel, I think, a sense of shame. Uh, for not being not praying uh, more when you know we we just sometimes don't know what to say and are resting in the Holy Spirit and so I think those things can be uh, harmful in a lot of ways uh, but I think the Bible does give models and principles but it doesn't give formulas or time requirements so and I think we can f- build that out on our own based upon our situation but even then we shouldn't do so in a way that you know is really overly rigid and would do things that, like the Pharisees, you know, would make up these rigid rules that sometimes seemed helpful, but they ended up getting in the way of being faithful to Jesus at times. Uh, I think the Bible is specific about a lot of other things, but it's just not specific about how we go about this kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's an area in which we have a good degree of freedom in Christ, and yeah, it's just not laid out. Here's the the template for your personal time with the Lord or uh, this kind of thing. Um, so does practicing spiritual disciplines ensure that our life will go well, that it will be pleasant to us, or that we'll even have a good day just on a you know, more narrow scale? Yeah, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this more, honestly, but uh, I will say I've watched some Christian movies before, and I think sometimes in Christian movies there's a mentality that if you do these things uh, that your life is going to go great and you're going to get back everything you've lost. <laughs> Just read the Bible, pray, everything's going to go well. Yeah, I don't think that's the picture that we're given in the Bible. Um, Now, in one sense, when we follow the Lord, we seek to know him, we seek to obey what he's revealed in his word, then yes, life will go better. I mean, like you think you read Proverbs, um, there, I've heard the analogy used before that God made the world like a grain of wood. When we go against it, we will get splinters. Um, but this is not some sort of incantation to secure blessings or a, you know a peaceful day. Uh, and so I think we want to be really careful about giving that impression to youth and even probably even more so to children. But I mean that's and that's not because of any fault of of theirs, just they're more concrete thinkers. And so help them see the purpose of the disciplines. Uh, it's not just a, a something to do to keep God happy with us. So he gives us blessings. Uh, it's a way of trying to pursue him, to know him. I don't know. What, what would you add to that? I'm assuming you at least largely agree. with. Yeah, that. I agree. I, I think one thing I would add is um, uh, I think if done accurately and rightly, I think we can know for sure that they will 
grow us and nourish, nourish us and our faith. You know, that doesn't mean that things will go the way we want them to. Uh, but I think sometimes we over-respond to a prosperity gospel type of thing. And we fail to remember that God's promises are true and that God does use his means, but it just might be in ways that we don't understand. And I actually think of, have you ever heard uh, the, uh, the hymn, I Asked the Lord? Mm, what are some of the lyrics to it? So it's a, uh, it's not a popular one, but it's done by Indelible Grace. They they cover it, and uh, in this, and the song is kind of a prayer. It talks about uh, a prayer of the hymn writer, and the hymn writer is uh, asking God uh, to help her help her grow in faith and love and every grace, uh, and she experiences she reflects on how god basically took everything that she liked away you know put her in a job type situation and she questioned god but then she meditated on his word and realized how you know this is these things are what god uses to make us godly at times if that makes sense and so i think that shows us that it's not always going to go that way but no matter what if we use these means uh, if we use these disciplines we will grow if done rightly hmm not sure if I've heard that or not. It sounds very good, though. Yeah, that that is helpful. That there's it's multifaceted. So, you know, one thing to add to that, like you, you talked about the with the suffering. First Peter four nineteen tells us that we may suffer according to God's will at times. Uh, it may be God's purpose and design for us that that we go through those things, and as we pursue Him through those disciplines, um, we do draw near to Him, and He shapes us to look like Christ. So we've established these are good things and that we ought to do them. Should we require them of our own kids and say, you must practice these? I think that would miss the heart of spiritual disciplines to me. Um, I don't think that it would be wise. I think it's meant to be something that is a willful decision out of a, out of a personal desire to grow in God. But I do think that we can give them the tools uh, to do so, and I think that we can talk to them often about how they're doing in it, you know, check on them and pray for them in their spiritual disciplines. What do you think? I like that. Yeah, it does can miss the heart easily. Um, yeah, I think in the sense that we maybe do family worship, we read the Bible together as a family, um, that may be one way that we would say, yes, this is something we're all doing. Um, but when it comes to the personal, private aspect of it, I'm pretty hesitant to require that. I mean, I want to encourage, model, even give some incentive possibly. A little, little shaky on that last one, but um, I think laying down the law, giving the child, here, here's your, you know, your list for the day of what you need to do, I, I just I think that could breed some resentment. So how could we, if we're not going to you know, require that, how can we cultivate those habits in our own kids? Well, I think you brought up one uh, very specific thing. Uh, just a minute or two ago. I think family worship really models it, you know, because I think family worship is meant to, in some ways, bring together as a family the same types of things that we do in our own private spiritual disciplines. And I think it kind of shows them how to do it. I also think, you know, the Bible does talk about not letting your right hand see what your left hand is doing and not doing uh, behavior in such a way that you might be seen. But I do think that sometimes... For parents, you know, that are trying to model the Christian life to their kids, it can be wise, you know, 
for dad to be to just for the sake of his kids, you know, to make sure that he gets up early every morning and, you know, he's in the word and that kids know that and the kids can see that that dad being in the word and dad being in prayer. I think that kind of thing can model some things. Um, but I think also one thing, actually, I know of a family that has tried to get their kids into into personal spiritual disciplines and effectively done so through suggesting that they all read something together. So like they're all individually reading reading through, say, Exodus at one time, and then they pray uh, that on something, a specific issue as a family together, each in their own individual private times. And then they come together and talk about it in family worship. So, you know, they connect that together. And uh, and I think it really reinforces the importance of those kinds of private aspects of devotions. I like that. What do you think yeah, we can do? Yeah, I think do? that's... Well, I think you'd want to pray that the Lord gives them the desire. Uh, and I just reflecting back on my own time as a child and as a teenager... Um, I think sometimes the desire was there, but the discipline, personal discipline was lacking. And so, no, I, the desire was not always there, but um, I think pray that they have the desire. We give them tools, like you talked about, getting them an actual Bible, ask them questions. I think you've already mentioned something about that. I think even offering to do it with them, there, there could be some wisdom in that. Again, there's you're, you're going for the, the personal going after it, but if, if they need that help, uh, and that was something I had not thought about before. I was listening to that podcast earlier, and they were talking about even doing that with an adult, someone that just needs the the that level of encouragement, like, hey, I'm going to do this, but like, can you please help me out here? And so I, I think all the more so with someone who has less, uh, less self-control, less discipline, these kind of things, less maturity. So how can we encourage the young people in our churches to participate in them? We don't live with them. Um, so that changes the dynamics. Um, what do you think there? Yeah, I think we can communicate about it frankly with young people. I think that's one hugely important thing. So like sometimes I'll take uh, teens out for lunch, you know, especially older teens of the same gender. Uh, and, you know, I try okay, to yeah, ask good to clarify. <laughs> yeah, I try to ask them about uh, – you know how they're doing, like how they're doing with their own private disciplines, how they're what they're learning from their Bible reading, uh, how's their prayer life been going, and I think some will communicate, some might become uncomfortable, but you know there are worse things than being uncomfortable, uh, and I think I make them more comfortable with uh, Bible reading and praying themselves, like even in church gatherings. So in youth and in children's ministry, you know, give opportunities. For kids and, and youth to be reading the Bible themselves, even though, especially with kids, you know, they take forever sometimes. Uh, but I think it's worth that kind of thing because I think it teaches them how they can do that and how they can live that out. Uh, one other thing I want to add. So our church does Centric kid, Kids uh, Retreats. And um, one thing I think that is really awesome that they do is they have like a little private um, they have like this this Bible reading journaling stuff uh, where they take notes themselves and some passages in scripture where they have to do that kind of on their own and you know nobody's like punished for not doing it but they build in the scheduled time where the kids can you know be be spending time on their own with God and I think that really models those kind of things for kids in a, in a really helpful way yeah I like that um giving them tools like you I mean 
giving them their own Bible, but even giving them some some further things along those lines. And I've got at the end some uh, suggestion along those lines. I think you know it's um, having some kind of plan. You mentioned a family doing this, but it even it could be something like your youth group saying, okay, the, for this next two months we're going to read through mark's gospel together or something like that um sometimes that positive peer pressure can help them along i I like what you're talking about just asking them direct questions uh, about it especially as they're older um and just creating a a culture where that's an expected thing that we do people who know the know the lord love the lord they want to pursue him and here's one of the here's ways that we do that um so what has helped you to pursue spiritual disciplines with consistency? Or, and I guess I'm, I'm assuming that you do, but having known you for a while, yeah. I get that distinct impression. Yeah, I, I'm not as consistent as I think I should be. I try to work on it. But uh, one thing that has helped me um, is, as some people like to distance uh, their spiritual disciplines from their ministry or from the area that they're serving in the church. And I'm really not a believer in that. I think that's unhealthy. And I think that is, uh, I think there's theological problems behind that actually. So, but I like, you know, when I do study, I spend a lot of time studying for working with the youth and with the kids and uh, all that. In addition to that, I try to read on my own, but, uh, I try to see how things impact me first, and I try to make sure I'm praying uh, th- for, you know, and related to my ministries. And I think that often brings me into prayer, just the needs of my ministry and the work of my ministry and connecting that all together as, you know, I'm not two different people. I'm not Pastor Tony and then Christian Tony, but, you know, that's all kind of an outflowing of the same thing in a lot of ways. How about you? Uh, I, I would agree with you there, um, just on that... Yeah, you don't. At one level, you don't want the only time you ever crack open the Bible to be because you're studying to teach somebody else. But when you're in, I've heard many people talk about this um, in a very fruitful way. But when you're studying Scripture, just if you're studying it for yourself, you still want to look at it. What what does the author intend here? Ultimately, what does the Holy Spirit mean by this? Um, and not this super mystical uh, experience. Um, and then the needs of your ministry. So yeah, I would be definitely on the same page with you on that. I think just for me, a growing sense of I need the Lord. I need to hear what he says. I need to call out to him for help in prayer uh, has driven me to do it. And I still am not as, as consistent as I would like to be on it. Like on uh, days that I'm not working, I tend to sleep in a little bit. I mean, now we're talking like seven o'clock sleeping, yeah. um, just got young kids. Um, but on those days, it tends to be harder for me just, and we homeschool, we're homeschooling two kids. And so I'm there trying to help my wife. She does her grocery shopping. And so just having moments of quiet during those times is challenging. Um, and so, and I find myself sometimes again, not to say that if I spend time with the Lord in the morning, that my day just always goes well. Um, but I haven't really devoted much time or effort to prayer, I, I can tell often on those days. And so um, that's something I thought, okay, how, how can I carve out some time um, before before people are awake? And you, you kind of asked that question rhetorically, you know, for dads to think about earlier. And one of our other pastors here, I mean, he's been in ministry for 40, 45 years. And uh, he said sometimes he would think when his kids were younger, you know, how much, how early do I need to get up to be able to beat the kids 
And then he just decided, you know what, this is a good thing. Even if my, my little child, they wake up, it's a good thing for them to see dad reading his Bible. So just here, come sit in my lap and while I read and while I pray. And uh, I mean, what, and, you know, his, his adult children now are following the Lord um, faithfully. And uh, so anyway, it's that kind of thing's encouraging to me. But yeah, that growing sense of need. And I think trying to discipline myself in other areas has been helpful. Just the interconnectedness of those things and just going, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, Trying to set the alarm a little earlier, those kinds of things. I think that, I mean, that connects with what we're trying to teach our kids, both in our own home, but also kids that we're ministering to. So, Tony, are there ways that we can help the young people that we minister to and we care for spiritually uh, to pursue spiritual disciplines as more than simply a habit? Just And I know in the, probably the evangelical subcultures that we had, I mean, you didn't grow up as much in it as I did because you became a believer later. But that idea that, okay, you just read your Bible and pray and everything is going to work out. Um, how can we encourage them to do it as more than just habits? Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, one thing I, I will say quickly is I think um, well, I think one very practical thing is often to teach them the spiritual discipline of of journaling, of thought journaling, and uh, taking every thought captive. And I think the reason why I would say that's an answer to that is because I think that that helps them to see that you know their bible is not just about their bible reading time their growth is not about these individual times but it's how i need to be applying what i'm getting what i'm learning in those times to every single moment of my day how i need to be uh pray without ceasing which scripture talks about which is not referring to setting up 24 7 prayer things by the way uh but it's instead referring to having a habit of prayerfulness uh you know and having that be your natural reaction and that kind of thing i think one thing that was helpful for me in college one of our professors we've been had a lot of ties to our college our alma mater lately um but one of our professors bob wetmore talked about reading the Bible and praying and doing it in faith. And I mean, it's very fundamental, um, but it was like, oh yeah, like do this trusting that God and believing with good reason that God is going to meet you in that, that God is going to transform you, that God's going to give you his promises. Um, he's going to hear you pray, these kinds of things, and not just do it because you're supposed to do it. Uh, and there's plenty of things we, we should do because it is the right thing to do, but when um, our motives matter, and so doing it in faith and encouraging young people to to do this, like, and you mentioned this earlier, that you will be shaped by this, that God will uh, transform you through these things, <clears throat> they're means of grace. I think, too, in, encouraging them to pray before they begin, say, reading the Bible, these kind of things, to humble themselves before God, to believe in His and obey His Word, just have that that attitude uh, as they approach it and not just go, okay, well, it's, you know, January the 3rd, and so my Bible reading plan says this, um, but to do it asking God to meet them. And, you know, tell them to ask for God for a sense of desperation. And, again, that's I mentioned that a minute ago, but that has, and both of us really did, um, has driven me to do it because I, I need the Lord's help. I need to, to be reminded of his promises. Um 
Romans 15, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, Paul is saying that he's pointing to the Old Testament. I think we can apply it to the whole of Scripture, though. But he says whatever was written before was written, written for our instruction so that through the uh, encouragement of the Scriptures, um, we, we would endure and we could have hope. And so God has given us these things ultimately so we can have hope. And so, I mean, there are days, I mean, every day I need hope, but there are certain days when I think we would agree we we acutely feel the need for that encouragement and for that hope so that we can endure. And so just, again, helping them to see the purpose of it and and ha- approach it in that way. Um, so, Tony, are there resources that you'd recommend for, uh, one, for teaching about spiritual disciplines uh, or B, A, two, I don't know, I, I forget what format I use there, but a uh, second thing for helping young people to actually engage in them. Yeah, uh, so I think a lot of these are not specific to younger people. I think there are some good resources uh, that uh, I could talk about more another time. They're specific to young people, but I think that these ones are really, I, I think, broad and beneficial at all levels on this topic of spiritual disciplines. Uh, and that's Don Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life, which I clearly referred to multiple times, which honestly is very readable. Like, I, I 100% think that almost any junior higher could read that for, by themselves and benefit from it. Uh, then I think A Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson, which probably less so about the youngest junior higher. That's a really old book about uh, similar types of things, spiritual disciplines, which is, I think, honestly, one that I think A Godly Man's Picture is one of the greatest Christian uh, works ever produced. Uh, and then uh, a recent one, The Whole in Our Holiness by Kevin DeYoung, which is kind of in general about sanctification, but I think it really relates it to the spiritual disciplines in a healthy biblical way. Okay, I have not. I've heard of that. Have not read it. Um, I've heard of Thomas Watson, but yeah, I'm just gonna. Get, I mean, the Puritans of, of what I, I've not read nearly as much as you. Helpful stuff, but yeah, probably not for your average junior high kid. But there can be some um, people that weren't distracted by cell phones and internet and all kinds of stuff who are serious about knowing God, and so um, can be a great place to look. Um, I would echo you on Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. Now, I have not read it in a while, so I did not remember um, specifically about the readability of it, uh, but I can see it on my shelf over there. And I'm actually just a little bit going to be meeting with a guy from our church, a friend uh, who was asking about a book to to help cultivate those things. And so I had heard of this book, and so I uh, sent it to him to check out and he liked it and I've started reading it and benefited from it but it's called Habits of Grace uh, it's by David Mathis and it's the most of the chapters seem pretty short but it's uh, I like the title of it just it's Habits of Grace that they are um, the ways that we can enjoy Jesus and uh, it's taking in God's word praying you know calling out on the Lord and then it, it emphasizes the role of the church and uh Anyway, it's I've found that helpful so far, and that, that is maybe one that it's not super technical. Another book by Don Whitney is "Praying the Bible," yeah, and it's it gives a method that, that would combine multiple aspects of that, um, and so it's a very short book, and I uh, have seen it online before for five dollars or so, and um, actually got a number to give away here at church, and uh, I think. Did you have him in uh, seminary or not? I had him through an online course. 
Okay. And so, but yeah, and he'll actually be coming to our state, uh, our local Baptist Association in April. I'm organizing that. So to talk specifically about praying the Bible. Oh, well, great. If I would have known, man, we could have could have arranged this a little later. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that book, he, I had, I did actually have him in a, a live class, and he he does these conferences like you're talking about all over the place. And he said that the number one thing that he gets ba- feedback on when he does those seminars, people say, "Oh, I can do this right away. Like I don't need practice. Like just, you showed me. Okay, I can take the Psalms, or I can take um, some passage in Scripture, and then I can use that to pray. How simple is that? But then you're praying the concerns of the Bible." Um, you're meditating on it, and so that has been a very helpful practice for me. But the, the content of that book, um, I would commend, and that's something. In some of these, you may not give to a kid or to a, a teenager, but you could absorb it and then help them. Another book that this would be for children. It's called Exploring the Bible by David Murray, and it's a a reading plan that takes kids through. Uh, the big picture of scripture in a year. It doesn't cover every single passage, but it does have them reading through, you know, all of scripture, all sections of scripture. Um, They've got a memory verse each week and it gets them, it asks them questions uh, five days a week. Now it's not super, super detailed, but you're, it's, I mean, I've got a, an eight year old who is doing it. And uh, so, I mean, it shows you the level that it could be done at. And uh, that has been good. Um, with scripture memory, have, have you done much, uh, um, with technology on that or do you just, I, I know one time when I don't even think you had started seminary yet, you came to visit the school and I had just started and you were disagree. You didn't think we needed to really memorize scripture because we had Bibles. Have, are you still there or have you no. done more? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not surprised that would have said something that, uh, arrogant. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I, I don't agree with that. I think that there's benefits of it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that uh, I think that that younger Tony was very much in the wrong, just like the younger Tony in high school was. I think memorizing scripture is hugely helpful because I think it brings it uh, right to mind. And uh, and I think, like, that's really the one of the best ways of contradicting a, a wrong belief like something like you shouldn't memorize the bible uh is uh, have loaded in your mind uh, memorized scriptures very good see i appreciate the lord has grown you in humility uh i i remember sitting distinctly sitting in my car we'd been to kroger to like go get some ice cream or something and we were going back up to the our apartment and you're like no we don't need to do that i mean just it's, i've got it right here like I, I can read it and i just remember thinking what are you talking about man but uh <laughs> see what 10, 11 years has done. Um, but one app that I found very helpful, Spider-Verses app, is put out by the people at uh, 78, used to be Children Desiring God. Um, we had David and Sally Michael on, uh, I guess, a couple years ago now. That's probably the best $2.99 I've ever spent. And there are other apps out there. That are, um, but the, the Fighterverse app comes preloaded with five years worth of topical memory stuff. It also has an extended memory <laughs> section where you can go through the book you know, like Philippians and then the Sermon on the Mount and uh, all kind of stuff. And so there's, with you know, kids and teenagers, uh, technology is a big thing. And so um, as destructive as the technology can be, or even just distracting, uh, it can also be used for a great good, you know, for our, our growth and godliness. And so I would commend all those things uh, for people's use to just check it out. 
Well, I think this has been a, a fruitful conversation, and uh, you know, we none of us may rise to the level of of greatness as you know Lamar Jackson or some of these athletes, but we're not trying to be spiritually great. We're trying to know the Lord, and these are ways that He's given us to know Him, including to youth and to children. So, um, I know I was was helped in preparing and talking about this with you, and I hope this has been helpful to those who listen and, and to the that they minister to. So thanks for listening and thanks for talking with me, Tony. Amen. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week and join us again every first and third Thursday.